Hello, my name is Aviel Parente, and this is the Light of the Torah. This week's Parsha, like every Parsha, is a very interesting one. We start off with Yaakov getting the news that Asaph is trying to locate Yaakov, and we don't know exactly why, but supposedly to harm Yaakov. Now, Yaakov naturally gets very scared, and so he decides to take three actions, the rabbis teach us. The first is military strategy. What does he do? He separates his camp, his family, and all of his possessions into two. So that way, God forbid, you know, in case Esau gets a hold of one and destroys it, he still at least has the other half. The second action that he takes is prayer. He prays to Hashem, to God. And the third action that he takes is appeasement. He tries to appease Aesop. He sends gifts. He sends from his wealth many, many, many things. But I'd like to focus on his prayer because it's a very interesting subject in terms of this week's Parsha. Most of the time when we read about our greats in Tanakh and we read about their prayer to God, whenever they do pray to God, whenever we read about that prayer to God, Generally, we don't necessarily know what they're saying. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we read about Avram's dispute with God, his argument with God. He, Avram Avinu was trying to defend Sodom and say, God, if there are some righteous people, please don't destroy Sodom. And they, Avram and Hashem, they go back and forth. And then inevitably, as we know, Hashem doesn't listen. And the rabbis interpret that as prayer this back and forth, not necessarily as a conversation, but as prayer. Avram was praying for Sodom. Yitzchak Avinu, when Rivka first sees him in the in the field, what is he doing? He's praying. Yaakov, last week, after he runs away from home, and after the night with the dream, he wakes up in the morning, and he makes an oath with Hashem. He makes an oath that if Hashem protects him in his journey to where he's going and protects him on his return, then he will be a follower of God, be an ambassador of God to, to, to the world, continue the covenant. And the rabbis, yet again, interpret that as prayer. The first one is a back and forth between Avram and Hashem, and it's interpreted as prayer. With Yitzchak, it's not explicit what he's saying, but it's very obvious that he is praying. And with Yaakov, again, it's not necessarily a prayer. It's interpreted as such. And it very well could be, but it's an oath. It's a promise. It's a quid pro quo. Yaakov is giving of himself in return for something from God. The most notable prayer in all of Tanakh, I would say, is the prayer of Chana. Chana was the mother of Shmuel, Samuel the prophet, and she, too, like most women in our tradition, was barren. She couldn't have any children. And she so wanted a child that she went to the Mishkan, to the tabernacle, and she started praying. And there's a whole story over there between her and Eli the Kohen. But we know what she says. She basically has this level of chutzpah, not disrespect, but this spiciness, this kind of, uh, I wouldn't call it rebuke, but 
borderline rebuke. God, why didn't you give me a child? I want a child. Please give me a child. Why, 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 why haven't you given me a child? And there's, there's a little bit of a, a tone problem, if you will. And even then, she, she, she also does a very similar thing with the quid pro quo. She says, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him to, 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 to you and to the Jewish people, and he'll, he'll be a representative. And as we know, she becomes pregnant with Shmuel. And Shmuel Hanavi, Samuel the prophet, he starts the kingdom within the Jewish people, starting off with Saul, with, with Shaul. And then after Shaul and what happens over there, he goes and he finds David HaMelech, eventually establishing the David dynasty with which the Messiah, the Mashiach, will come. It's obviously a prayer. And, she, and we know what she says. We don't see that very often. But we see it this week. We see it with Yaakov Avinu in his preparation with Hashem. This prayer is a very meaningful prayer that I believe is so relatable. It's so universal. And I'd like to discuss it. Vayomer Yaakov, Elohei Avraham, Elohei Hashem. Yaakov says, God of my father Avraham and God of my father Yitzchak, God. Haomer Elai, he who told me, return to your land, to your birthplace, and I will be good with you. I will be with you. I'm diminished compared to all of the righteousness, good deeds, and truth that you have done with your servants. Because with my staff alone, I crossed the Jordan River. And now I'm two camps. Rescue me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esav. Because I'm, I'm fearful from him. I'm scared that he's going to smite me and mothers and children alike. And you, you said to me, you're going to be with me, you're going to be good with me. And you're going to make my descendants like sand by the sea. That will be incalculable. What is this prayer saying? What is Yaakov Avinu davening for? He's scared for his life. He's never been this scared ever before. Esav is coming for him. And that's why he separates his camps. What is this katonti mikola chasadimu mikola emet? What, what, what does that mean? Why is that necessary? As we saw last week, Yaakov, when he made the oath with Hashem, he said, if you keep me safe on my journey to where I'm going and on my journey back, then I'll be for you. Is his journey not over? Is God not going to protect him still? Has the oath expired? Why is he still praying to God? And the answer is, or at least what I believe the answer to be. And more importantly, whether or not it is the answer, 
It is a lesson for each and every one of us, including myself. I am nothing without you, Hashem. Yaakov Avinu could have easily said, just like Chana, you know, the little bit of rebuke, chutzpah. He could have said, God, you've, you've put me through so much. In Patanagam, Lavan tricked me four times. With my wives, there's so much trouble. My journey there, I showed up with nothing. I didn't have anything. No, Yaakov doesn't start pointing out all the problems and then saying, Hashem, after all these problems, you continue to give me problems. My life and the lives of my family are under threat. No, he doesn't say that. He says, Hashem, I am nothing without you. Everything I have is because of you and could not have been achieved without you. Yes, I had to go through so much terrible, harsh times. Yaakov is saying, Hashem, please, even after all you've done for me, you've built up my wealth, my reputation, my family, after all of that, you've rescued me from Lavan, please, rescue me, please, because I'm fearful of my brother, of Esau. And that's a lesson for each and every one of us. Vulnerability. When it comes to prayer, when it comes to tefillah, it's not easy. Uh, it's the opposite. It's something I believe everyone struggles with. It's something I've certainly struggled with. And I don't think there is a solution. I don't think there is like, 10 easy steps of how to become the perfect person at praying. I don't think that exists. I think it comes down to, though, vulnerability. If we want an effective prayer, if we want an effective conversation with, with Hashem, with God, with our Creator, we have to be vulnerable. There are three faces that each person has. The first face is the outermost face. It's the face that you show the world. It's the face that you show anybody new that you meet, etc. The second face is more personal. It's the face that your friends know, your family know, your loved ones, your inner circle. That's the face that they're familiar with. And then there's the third face. And that face is the one that only you know. It's the one that knows all of the deepest and darkest secrets about you. It's the one that knows everything that cannot be put into words or explained to another person. And I think that if we apply this to tefillah, this concept, we can loop God into that as well. The lesson that we learned from, from Yaakov Avinu is that he was praying to God with such such vulnerability, such rawness. He wasn't saying anything to God about all the bad that he's been through. He just is talking about the good and he just wants to be saved again despite the fact that technically it should have been part of that agreement that he made last week, he still is praying out of sheer vulnerability. The first step to a meaningful prayer, at least what I have found to work, is to be vulnerable. And if that means writing down a list of things that you need, want, feel that you want to talk about, things that you need to get off of your chest, 
writing them down before praying and then talking to God. Or if that means meditation, or if that means self-reflection in any way, do it. And then, once you do that, then you can talk to God. Then you can be as open as possible. The things that you can't share with a therapist or with a confidant, the things that you can't put into words, that you can't string into a sentence, but you can talk to God, and God will understand. You can cry your eyes out. You can laugh till your gut is in pain. You can be angry at God. You can be confused. You can be sad. You can be anything. Because that is your most authentic self that you're presenting to God. The things that we cannot say with our mouths, we can cry with our souls. And the only, the only being that can hear and understand our soul's tears is Hashem. What is prayer? It's building the relationship between you and God. It's the conversation between you and God. And God forbid not to downplay the siddur or anything. It basically covers everything. There's another type of prayer. And that's the one that you have personally with God. Not just reading out of a book with a group of people. That's true prayer. That's self-reflection. I hope that this struggle continues to be a struggle. Because without the challenge, it's not worth as much. And I hope that we can achieve that vulnerability. I'm talking to myself as well. I, this is one of my biggest struggles. It is, unfortunately. And I'm working on it. But the first step is to be vulnerable. And with that, I wish you a Shabbat Shalom.